0: Presented by The Hockey Shop, source for sports story, thehockeyshop.com. Put that in your browser right now. Forget about the www. It's already there. Thehockeyshop.com. And it is your source for everything in our wonderful world of goaltending. Darren Millard, along with the co founders of In Goal Magazine, David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley. And we start by just walking back Hutch, who was on secret assignment last week. Now, don't reveal. Don't play down what you're doing because we know. So I know that you're gonna try and play it down, but we just we're just happy to have you back.
1: Well, it's great to be back. I miss you guys. Double secret probation.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've used <laughs> nice up to be one, hanging out. You've used up one of your absences that you're I think I've used a lot month. of
1: absences more
0: oh, no, than no, all no. of you're, you guys. I think you've only had
2: one in all the years.
0: No, I, I had four or five when I when I fell off the bicycle.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I had a nice little run there. See, that's why you save them up in case something bad happens. Then you can use them all at one time. One time, If you fall <laughs> off your bicycle, you're in big trouble because you've you, you used up trouble. all, all, all yours. Hey, it's uh, it's opening week. Uh, Woody. So exciting. you like covering all these training camps. Uh, where I've been in the rooms. It's It's been awesome to be able to launch into the National Hockey League campaign. I, I,
1: and I like not to be that guy because I'm happy it started. But isn't it a little? Wasn't it a little weird that the regular season started while other teams were still playing preseason games? Like, didn't take a little bit off of that opening series, which counted, folks. That was actual regular season hockey between the Sharks and the Predators on the weekend. I mean, believe me, I was excited to see Rhymes. I was excited to see Sorrows. And hey, Kevin Lankinen looked—did he ever really good yeah. in his first start? And, you know, I think. We were just talking last week, remember I said Connor Ingram, I was a little surprised that they signed Lankinen because I thought Ingram was ready for the NHL and he might be a guy that teams target off waivers when the Predators get back and have to send him down to the American Hockey League, but we forget like Lankinen, World Championships with Finland, um, kind of buried behind a bad Chicago team for the last couple of years and I, and I think we kind of forget just how talented this guy may be and that, you know, you see, Soros didn't make it to the. He was he was a Vesna finalist, but he didn't make it to the end of the season healthy. They felt they had to ride him so hard last year. At least early on, it looks like they may have a guy in Lankin and Smart pickup that'll allow them to maybe back off the workload of Soros and make sure that their MVP makes it healthy to the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. It was it was strange having games going on while you're still preparing for preseason encounters. The way we were. And following preseason, like seeing seven preseason games on the schedule and then regular season. uh, It it,
1: it reminded me of the pandemic year when everybody else started the playoffs and I still had to cover the Calgary, Calgary, Vancouver regular season games that were left over in in front of no fans. That was, it was kind of like that.
0: If you got through that, you can handle this. So, and a great exposure. Prague was awesome. Uh, The journeys, uh, uh, Bern, Berlin, uh, that was amazing. So good on uh, Nashville and San Jose, and we've got one more trip in the uh, in the Global Series to come uh, this year. So looking forward to that. Uh, getting to get into a full swing this week. We'll be watching the Jack Camels and the Matt Murrays and what's going on in Vegas. We'll, we'll have updates uh, with that. But our feature interview this week is going to uh, focus on Jeremy Swayman of the Boston Bruins, uh, the Censorina VR feature interview. Uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful, engaging person. I can't wait for people to hear uh, all about uh, your conversation, Woody.
1: Yeah, no, and it, you know what the funny part is? It's been a couple of years. Like, that's the thing. The last time we talked, and I've seen Jeremy and we've texted back and forth and things like that, but in terms of being on the podcast and officially having a nice, you know, longer conversation, it's been two years. And when we talked to him two years ago, he was still in college. He just made the decision to come out and turn pro and was heading to Boston. We talked to him and Alfie Michaud at the same time, and it's like, in two years, I you know... His path in those two years is, is pretty remarkable, like to go from the decision to turn pro to being an established NHL guy in that short a period of time and um, just, you know, we shouldn't be surprised, I guess, but we just don't see it that often. And so it's it's impressive. And so we got into that with Jeremy. We talked about all the lessons he's learned along the way, uh, working with Linus Almark, Tuka Rask, the lessons from Tuka, and of course, uh, Goalie Bob. Sideshow Bob as we knew him here with the Vancouver Canucks, the goalie coach, longtime goalie coach of the Boston Bruins, Bob Asenza. So many great takeaways and so many great lessons in this half-hour chat we've got coming up with Jeremy Swayman. It was really fun to catch up.
0: I'm not saying he's there yet, but I will call that he's in the top five. He's trending towards being the biggest personality in goaltending in the National Hockey League, Jeremy Swayman. I'm, and I don't think I'm overstating that. He's he he he's got some some swagger about him, some confidence. It's just so going, Hutch. You you would just light up being in a room with Jeremy Swayman. And the first thing, because I got to do this uh, at the media tour, I okay. got to do the Allmark Swayman hug. I asked him to to do oh, it, come on. Me, and it was it was amazing. <laughs> and and this guy, he can talk about anything: clothes, gear, uh, technique, uh, being in the National Hockey League, playing with veterans. Uh, the hug, the, 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 l- Hutch. You would you would love spending. 25 minutes in a room with him.
2: We're going to have to organize that then, I guess. Yeah, Road trip to so. Boston, boys. Here we go.
0: Boy, you got a lot of trips.
2: I
1: need my Swayman hug.
0: And you know what? You know what the best part
1: of that is? And, and we actually touch on that in the interview. It's yeah. just natural. There's nothing real. There is nothing. Yeah. There is not a single, not even the tiniest ounce, the tiniest degree of that being put on by him and Linus. It is just completely natural, genuine this is who he is. And that's what makes it so special and what's make part of what makes him so special, not just as a goalie, but as a person. So awesome to catch up with Sway again uh, on the Ingo Radio podcast. Can't
0: wait for everyone to hold, hear that. Hold on. I didn't call him Sway. Because <laughs> well, I, 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 I talked to him for the Chirp podcast at the media tour. That interview is going to come out in, in a while. Uh, but having talked to him, norm- normally like, okay, I've talked to him. You've talked to him. Uh, these are going to be too close together. Uh, I'd be worried about that. I, I can't be more excited to hear Swayman do uh, uh, our podcast right now, even though mine's going to come out later, because he's just so engaging. He's so awesome. But I didn't, did you get permission to call him Sway? Because I didn't know that you was know a You know what?
1: Thing. That's too many conversations with Alfie uh over the years and just talking with Alf and and Alfie talks like that's just what he calls him. So I, I'm a, supposed to be a media guy. I should probably call him Jeremy or Swayman. But like when you when you have it when you talk to enough people that I'll just call him Sway, I guess that, that just popped out of my mouth. And that's how natural you feel with him. You just feel he yes. makes you feel so relaxed that you feel like you're you know your buddies. And that's um again, that's that's just that's just who he is. That's just part of that sort of easy going. Like he, you know, he hasn't he hasn't gone Hollywood For lack of a better term, like he's been in the National Hockey League for two years, still went back and spent time with Alfie this summer. Got on the ice at the University of Maine, did some work on the ice with Alfie, but just hung out, hung out with Alfie and his girls and his family. Like he's just such a, he's just naturally, this is who he is. He's just a really good person, and so um, it's it's awesome to anytime we get to share that.
0: I told him before sitting down with him, uh, and I probably talked for ten minutes, and he was like, "Let's can we go? Can we go?" I told him I, I felt like I already knew him. From the Woody conversation on Ingle, and now that he's back because he he's just a he's an open book. It's uh, it's so fun. So uh, looking forward to everybody hearing uh, Sway and Woody and uh, doing their thing and getting into it and oh, so much. And he's got one of the great routines. He's such an amazing skater uh, that I think that everybody, if you can just if you can practice a little bit with your skating because you're inspired uh, and motivated because of uh, what Swayman does. Then, then it's going to be a, a, a major benefit to your game. Uh, we've got a bonus interview this week and really excited about this. Uh, we're into the month of October, and uh, this revolves around October Saves. Hutch, can you just give us the 411 on October Saves?
2: October Saves is a fantastic organization which encourages goaltenders to sign up and solicit support Uh, donations for every save they make in the month of October will go towards uh, cancer research and eliminating the horrible disease that uh, affects literally every family. And uh, we got the opportunity to partner with them and would love to support the organization. And as a result, um, we've donated a few items because every week they do little draws uh, to support the people that are engaged in the October Saves campaign. Who uh, the goaltenders who are out there raising money for them? Uh, they have a number of draws there. There's also a number of opportunities to uh, get some October Saves swag if you're uh, fundraising at certain levels. There's a chance to get a Mitch Corn Camp if you're one of the top fundraisers. Uh, one of the top organizations where they bring all their goaltenders together will be uh, able to get. Sense Arena for their organization as well, which is another fantastic opportunity. And from an in goal perspective, we're sponsoring their Tuesday giveaways. So there's a Connor Hellebuck signed stick sitting on the wall behind Woody right now. There's a Carrie Price signed jersey. And then some of that limited edition in goal swag for another one of the Tuesdays. In addition, folks, if you're sitting on the fence about getting an in goal membership, this is the month to do it because 50% of every new membership will go to October saves so that we can support them. So we think they're doing fantastic work. I think it's about $2.2 million they've raised over over the years. And uh, we're hoping we can uh, help push it a little bit higher this year because we just think they're doing amazing work and great to see goaltenders around the world bonding together with a common cause.
0: And this is something that started grassroots at the smallest of smallest uh, ideas and has grown into the mainstream and an international uh, success story. Uh, really excited to, to listen to this conversation with Laura Hopewell. Uh, October Saves on In Radio, the podcast, presented by The Hockey Shop. Source for Sports Surrey, thehockeyshop.com.
1: Really excited to welcome to the In Radio podcast for the first time. Far too late. And that's our fault here at InGoal. Laura Hopewell from October Saves Foundation. Uh, We've finally gotten on board, Laura. My apologies that it's taken us so long. Uh, You've been at this now for how many years? Is this five or six years?
3: This is actually year nine. Oh, see, so that's how bad I am. (laughs) It's never too late. It is never too late. We love it when anybody joins us, when anybody discovers us. It is, it is never too late, and you know, we're just here for all the new folks and all the folks who've been doing it for years and years and years. Okay, so for those, those who, like
1: us, are a little late getting on board, tell the rest of the Goalie Union how
3: October Save started. Maybe first of all, actually, let's tell them what it's all about. Okay, so it's a very simple concept. Basically, during the month of October, we ask goalies of all ages, from Mites to Beer League and everywhere in between, we ask them to sign up at octobersaves.org, and then we just tell them to go ask family and friends and teammates and whoever to make pledges or flat donations for every save they make during the month of October. And for every save, we mean practices, games. I mean, you could even do video gaming saves. All saves count. And we take all of that money and we give it to some really super amazing beneficiaries who are fighting cancer. How
1: how'd you get started?
3: So we actually started 9 years ago um actually further back than that when I was when I was in my 30s I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so when I was you know just out of the blue as it always is for everyone um both of my boys were young and they were just starting their love of hockey at our local rink in Ashburn Virginia. So you know it was a fairly aggressive battle with cancer and it lasted for a while but um during that time the ice rink was my boys happy place like it was the thing that kept them happy it was the thing that diverted them from all of sort of the chaos that was going on in our cancer world and so after i got better and i finished my treatment we decided like let's let's go and do a fundraiser just at our rink with our club and let's see if we can raise some money and kind of give back to this community that was so supportive of us during this time and um it was the ashburn extreme that was our club and so we decided We came up with this idea with our goalie coach to do this thing called October Saves. And again, I just told you the super simple concept. Um, We thought, you know, let's see how many goalies will sign up. And like, if we can raise $5,000, that would be super cool. Turns out 28 goalies signed up and we raised $32,000 that year. And we thought, hold on, like, I think we've got something here. So we, um, the next year we challenged one of our rival clubs to do it, you know, kind of like a fundraising competition. And so the Howard Huskies jumped in and they loved it and they raised a ton of money with us. And so then our tier two league, the CBHL, the year after that, the third year was like, hey, we're in and we're going to get all of the clubs in our area to participate. And really from that point on, this thing just grew. I mean, just organically just grew and grew and grew. And, you know, clubs and teams would come play in Ashburn and they'd see our big pink brick wall banner up in the lobby and they'd be like, well, I want to do that. Um, And so slowly but surely, we built our own software, we built our own website, we just reached out into the community, we had some really fantastic partnerships with, you know, the Washington Capitals have been so generous and fantastic with us. Mitch Korn, who's obviously the goalie whisperer and just a fantastic human being. He helped us, the goalie guild and Justin Goldman really helped us just expand across the US and Canada now too. So um, that's, you know, that's how we started this, this sport that helped my kids so much during a tough time for my family. And we, you know, we decided to try to build this and it just took off.
1: And you've now raised over $2 million since, and it sounds like it's growing every year.
3: It's growing every year. We raise more and more money every year. We, you know, we get more goalies that have never experienced it every year. And once they've done it once, they come back again and again because it really means a lot. And, um, another part of the event that we think is super important is that, um, The goalie community, this is the only thing they have like this, where goalies together, you know, they join together in this effort and people really like pay attention to their goalie during October. They realize how hard they work. They see them as leaders. Um, And so it's just a month where we can do this really great thing and help fight cancer and also shine a light on these really hardworking athletes who are super great human beings too. So um, we, it just somehow we struck a chord. And um, it's just, you know, it's just grown.
1: Well, if this is striking a chord for our audience right now, even though October, much like Ingo Magazine, you can come to the party a little late and still have a heck of a time. Uh, We we hopped in a week into October. Uh, By the time people hear this, we're going to be like 10 days in, not too late to get involved. You've got some great prizing. Um, there are rewards for everybody that does the best fundraising. Uh, there are milestone giveaways uh, if, if you hit certain levels. Um, maybe, maybe walk us through some of those elements. Uh, you had a couple of, couple of our favorite goalies join recently. You mentioned the Washington Capitals and Mitch Corn and what great support there. Charlie Lindgren, who's a big, big friend of the podcast, Darcy Kemper, Stanley Cup champion, both on board recently. Um, just because it's already October doesn't mean it's too late to get started.
3: It is not too late at all. In fact, we have goalies sign up at the very end of October and jump in and start you know, entering their saves and getting donations from family and friends. So it's not too late. Um, In fact, it's actually prime time to join. And it's a competition. I mean, obviously we're doing this because we're raising money to fight cancer, but
1: Hey, it's we're a goalies. We're, yeah, we're goalies.
3: <laughs> I was like, goalies are competitive. So we decided that we would give um, fundraising prizes based on the milestones that you achieve. So You know, if you raise $250, you get a helmet sticker. And then we have hats, you know, we've got baseball hats. We've got awesome pink jerseys that you can win, October Saves pink jerseys. So if you raise $2,000, you can get that. And you earn all these prizes as you go. So it's cumulative. So you start, you know, you get the sticker, you get the hat, you get the shorts as you keep going. Um, And then we have really big top prizes for our top five fundraisers in the US and Canada. So you can win goalie pads that you get to pick how they look you get to win goalie pads there's helmets stick and glove i mean we have all of the top equipment that the parents you know spend so much money on you know how expensive
1: it is because you've got you've got goalies in the family right
3: i was gonna say i have two goalies so i know how this is and i know how awesome it would be if my kids would win a pair of leg pads that's for sure so um and then we just have fun prizes as we go you know you guys in goal magazine, you guys are sponsoring our top 10 Tuesday, which we do every Tuesday to show the top 10 goalies, fundraising goalies um, that week. And so you guys are offering super cool prizes, like signed jerseys and sticks and stuff like that. And um, it's just really fun. I mean, we know that these kids are actually doing kids and adults are doing this for all the right reasons. They're doing it for their grandmothers who are fighting cancer, their moms, their friends, their, you know, people in their lives that are fighting cancer. But Then they get to win this fun stuff as they go. And like you just mentioned, we've got some super cool people that are participating with us. So, you know, Darcy Kemper, Charlie Lindgren, they're actually signed up and counting their saves with the Washington Capitals, which is amazing. So um, and then we get different, you know, Jeremy Swayman, he always pops in with some really great messaging for our folks to keep them fired up. And he pays attention to what everybody's doing. So. It is a goalie community event Um, and we get people from all around who are participating and we'd love to have, you know, anybody else who was hearing this now and would like to join, like go to octobersaves.org and sign up. We'd love to have you.
1: Okay. And you can find out more details. We'll have them in the show notes on this episode, uh, as well as uh, if you check on the website ingoldmag.com or octobersaves.org. We've got links on our website that we'll keep up near the top of the website for the whole month. And of course, octobersaves.org, all the information there. Uh, it is split between Canada and the U.S. They have to sort of run and manage two separate entities just for you know charity and tax reasons. To my fellow Canadian goalies in the Canadian Goalie Union, we're lagging a little bit behind, folks. So consider this a challenge. There's a competitive element here, and we lose it. So uh, let's let's pick it up. Uh, I'm going to try and sign up here. That's not going to help the total unless I get a lot of people donating a ton of money because anybody just seen me play knows there aren't a lot of saves happening out there. Uh, but if, hey, listen, like like Laura said, it's not too late. It may already be October, but you don't have to sign up before the month starts. There's plenty of opportunity to get involved here. Uh, she mentioned the prizing. We're adding a carry Price signed Montreal Canadiens jersey. Uh, Connor Hellebuck used uh, uh autograph stick. Actually, I believe, I'm pretty sure, based on the timing when we got it and the model, it's his Vesna Trophy winning season. So uh, a lot of great prizes that we can add to the list. A lot of great prizes they've already got available. And more importantly, uh, a lot of great causes that are helped by October Saves. Well, last one, uh, in terms of dispensing the money uh, and, and the different organizations, there are so many good causes uh, around uh, cancer and so many great places you can put the money. I understand there are certain elements, if you reach certain levels or you win certain areas, you can help direct the funds as well. Like for myself, say if I were to rally a troop here in British Columbia, my uh, BC Cancer Agency was vital to my dad getting through leukemia. Is that something where, in certain states and certain areas, you might have an ability to even affect where it goes?
3: So, yes. Yeah. So, if your state in the US or province in Canada, if you raise over a certain amount, so if you raise over $50,000, we will direct 5,000 of that, that pot towards a local cancer charity in your area. So, and we love to hear what, you know, which different charity uh, charities sort of speak to you. So then we have to vet them and make sure that they're, you know, that of our course. money's going to the right place. But we do love to hear what inspires people. But so if if you raise, if your province raises $50,000, then 5,000 will go to that. If you raise $100,000, then 10,000 will go and so on. Um, and it's really actually easy to do that. It's a team effort. So if all of these goalies in an area get together and decide, let's do this, Then you know, then we can really direct some money to an area that that is helping in your province or in the United States in your state. And like for example, if you see um, New Jersey right now, New Jersey is already over the fifty thousand dollar mark, which is crazy. We're like we're not even in the first two weeks, and they're already past fifty thousand. And so we're actually working with the New Jersey Devils, and we're going to be giving the money to their hockey fights cancer beneficiary, which is great. They do research in the New Jersey, you know Rutgers area. And it's, you know, so you can see, we let the kids see, like, this is where your money is going. It's going to your community. It's going to research that help that's helping you. And we're very, very proud of that, that aspect of the whole event.
1: Laura, there's lots to be proud of here. Thank you very much for sharing your time with us today, for letting us hop on board late. And above all else, thank you very much for being an inspiration and for starting such a great organization and rallying the goalie union all over North America to help such a great cause. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. And we're proud to have you guys on board. We appreciate it.
1: Remember, folks, October Saves, easy for me to say, october saves.org. Make sure you go sign up now. Uh, it's fun. It's for a great cause. Uh, it'll make it like, hey, listen, like we all love saves. So let's make them count.
3: Well, and listen, we tell every coach, your goalies will get more shutouts in October because they know people are watching them. So this is good for many reasons. (laughs) Actually,
1: I I can think of one good read. Like I can, like this is on a selfish note. Goalies, you go to the scorekeeper because we all know this is a problem. (laughs) Are you sick and tired of not getting credited for enough saves in your game? You go to the scorekeeper before the game and tell them how much those saves mean and maybe you'll finally get them all counted in a game. So we can finally fix scorekeeping around North America thanks to October saves. This is
3: good for so many reasons.
1: (laughs) Awesome stuff, Laura. Thank you very much for joining us today, and thanks for all you do.
3: Thank you.
0: Awesome stuff. And we still continue to find new ways to raise money, raise awareness, in this uh lifetime battle against cancer so a uh, great on laura and 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 woody like what what a fabulous uh, uh just a campaign
1: well and it's just it's the goalie union right it's the goalie union getting together for a good cause and you know what sometimes in the goalie union we have beefs and the reality is, is as we discussed at the end there with laura this might actually help one of your beefs for the month of october How many of us are sick and tired? And I know, Darren, in your beer league, they don't count saves, but are sick and tired. How many parents out there are sick and tired of the scorekeepers not counting all the shots? Just go over and whisper to them that every shot raises money for cancer, and they will make sure to pay enough attention and count all your shots in a game. So we're not only helping fight cancer, we're helping get correct shot counts because nobody wants to screw you out of saves when they're going to such a good cause. So I was, we, me and Laura came up with that at the end of the interview. And I think that that should be one of our new taglines. Like, folks, if you're sitting on the fence, and hey, listen, I know by the time you listen, this is going to be October 10th, probably. And maybe some people listen to it. You know, not everyone listens at the moment it comes out. But you can still get involved. You can still make a difference. You can still sign up for this. Last couple of weeks, there's lots of prizing, as Hutch said. And at the end of the day, it's for the right reasons. The goalie union getting together to support a great cause. Hop on board. Like I said, if you're sitting on the fence about an in goal subscription, all new annual subscriptions this month, 50% of the money straight to October saves to help their fundraising. There's never been a better time to grab one um, and help support them as well.
0: Hutch, I mean, this is a really cool thing but it's one that all families can get around uh, whether you're a goaltender or not
2: yeah no absolutely everybody can get involved but i just have to say again like what do you just gave me the the greatest reason to go get on board october saves ever i mean i was feeling pretty smug you know we're, we're doing something here is in goal i don't need to do any more But uh, very selfishly, that chance to go to uh, the team and say, hey, you missed four shots on Maddie tonight. Uh, We got to get those down. I think we're going to have to sign him up pretty quick because goalie parents all know what it's like. You're sitting in the stands and you're so proud of your kid playing so well and they miss those shots. And you look every time up at the scoreboard, just like Woody does in his beer league games. And it drives you nuts when they're not counting them. But also you feel super guilty going to anybody because you know it's volunteers doing it. And you know they're in the box where it's almost impossible to see half the play. But now I got a really good reason. So I think we might be signing up. Fantastic stuff.
0: Woody, what's the over under on you making a 50 save performance next time out? Ooh, that's a
1: good one. Well, I mean, normally I'm going to take the under because not that I don't get 50 shots. But if I, can, if I can juice that scorekeeper, you know, tell them that it's for a good cause. Now, my downside is I don't have many games left in the month of October. Um, and, and thanks to a little bout of COVID, I'm not going to be playing anytime soon. But, 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 Laura said, you know, you can juice this in practice, too. You can, you know, you can tell people you can practice saves count, too. And you can just, you know, juice your total anything to sort of raise money. Uh, make sure your pledges are paying out the max amount. Um, you know, not that I have practices, Darren, but I'm sure I can get in a shinny skate here and there and, you know, tell the boys, ah, just fly at or nobody play defenses if they do anyways, and we'll get those totals up. So I like my chances of making 50 saves, say, on my Monday night hockey skate next week. Doesn't mean I'm also not going to give up a crap ton of goals, but I, I'm, I'm going for 50. We're definitely going to juice the total that night
0: octobersaves.org uh, you go to the homepage. it'll tell you canada the united states you go from there if you tell people uh the the f- parents of forwards uh or defensemen on your team they can just make a pledge they don't have to have a goaltender in or they can uh, make a pledge towards uh your goaltender there's lots of uh ways to get involved you don't have to have to be uh related or, or uh be uh directly connected to that person that uh, that is wearing the pad so awesome stuff uh we'll track it as as we go along a wonderful uh endeavor for the month of october so our feature interview this week is jeremy swayman uh the feature interview brought to you by sensorina sensorina vr hutch sensorina
2: i wonder how many people have are going into this season just wishing they'd done a little bit more i know woody is He gets on the ice and he's thinking, oh man, I could probably make a few more saves for the October saves campaign if I'd worked a little bit harder this summer. Make a resolution that you're gonna do something every day this year to become that little bit better. And I don't care whether you're tossing balls against the wall or a little bit of extra off ice work, but one of the best ways you can do it, guys, is to hop on board with Sensorina. Sensorina lets you train anywhere, anytime, learning to read releases, learning to read plays, working on your eye-hand coordination, working on your decision-making in various scenarios on the ice. It's really, it's just an unbelievably revolutionary tool for goaltenders. And if you want to be a better goaltender later this season, next season when you're trying out again for that team, grab Sense Arena. It really is a game-changer. And we're very thankful that they've been on board for so long, bringing all these great interviews to everybody on the In Goal Radio podcast.
0: It's all those drills that you have in your bag, all put into one and makes a way to, to work on your coordination, your eyesight. Uh, uh, you can do the concussion uh, platform and, uh, and establish your baseline. There's so many benefits uh, to uh, this program and uh, this campaign that, uh, that you just put on your head and you, you make it go and you disappear into another world. So Sensorina Sensorina VR is awesome, uh, just like Jeremy Swayman. Uh, One of my new uh, favorite goaltenders in the National Hockey League, both because of his performance. He put on a show in front of me last year in Vegas that was outstanding. And then his personality goes beyond that. Uh, Awesome stuff, Woody. Yeah. And one. hey,
1: before we get to Jeremy, remember, folks, stick around afterwards because we forgot to tease it. But we've got the new Optic 3 lineup coming from the Hockey Shop and thehockeyshop.com right after this interview. So don't just listen to Jeremy and be like, that was awesome. I'm out. We've got more stuff coming after this. But first, Jeremy Swayman. Really excited. Welcome back to the Ingold Radio Podcast. A return appearance for Jeremy Swayman. Now, the last time we caught up with you, my friend, you were just finishing up an incredible season at the University of Maine. You had just made the decision to turn pro. And here we are, just two years later, and you've already sort of established yourself in the National Hockey League. 30 wins, 920 save percentage, all rookie team. It's how has it been as much of a whirlwind? living it as it would appear from the outside? Because not a lot of guys transition as fast as you've done this. Yeah, it seems like yesterday since I talked to you. So that's crazy. All that time has flown
4: by. Um, Full experience, man. I've been absolutely loving it. And, uh, you know, all the experience I've gained uh, through each season, obviously through each game, uh, it's been incredible. And uh, I'm definitely really excited for what's to come this
1: year as well. What's been the biggest transition? I mean, we hear from guys a lot that talk about just going first year pro can be a bigger jump than AHL to NHL. Just the expectations that come with, you know, the American Hockey League and the pro lifestyle, you transitioned so quickly and got a taste of the NHL and success so fast. Looking back at it, what was the biggest change for you? Was it the style of game being played, the quality of attack? Did you have to change anything? What was what was that those first few months like?
4: yeah i think everything goes into account right it's one big in the world for hockey and um you know these guys are extremely talented and and definitely seeing the difference with pace of play uh intensity skill level uh, vision all those things come into play and you know the same way i was playing in college and the ahl definitely had to change and like that jump alone from college to pro in general uh you know whether i was changing my depth my reads and stuff you knowing we're all five are that you know, a time on the ice, but from the AHL, the NHL, um, you know, it's amazing how good these defense are, you know? And so it's pretty cool to see how in a way your job almost gets easier because these defensemen read the play so well and they shut down, you know, high danger chances. And when they do come, it's your, it's your turn to step up, right? It's, it's, uh, why, you know, goalie goalies have a job. It's because we're the last line of defense and we need to do whatever we can to, to help our team win games and so it's a total team effort and i you know really enjoyed uh being a part of this system the leadership in that locker room with the bruins it's uh, unmatched and the things that i've learned just by watching and obviously talking to the the guys that have been in the league for years and years um you know i couldn't be happier
1: being a young guy in that room now it's funny you mentioned that we've heard that before and it would seem absurd i think to a lot of outsiders to suggest that in some ways the NHL for a goalie can be easier than the AHL but we've heard that before like guys are where they're supposed to be more often a little less scrambly can that be true
4: definitely definitely and obviously guys in the AHL are extremely skilled and smart too and that transition alone from from college to the AHL was you know eye-opening for me too it is just see how clean these guys can break pucks out make simple plays and and find each other on the ice. So yeah, every level you get up, guys are going to be better and better. And that goes for forwards too. Don't get me wrong; these guys know how to make plays. They know how to sift passes through skates. So uh, at every level, you know you have to you have to rise, and as well as you know your teammates and and players uh, rise to that occasion as well. So it's a higher pace of play, and it's extremely fun to be a part of.
1: Now, does it get the word I use sometimes is predictable? does the game get a little more predictable at the nhl level when that structure's in place and everyone's executing would that be a a, a good description no (laughs) no okay there we go
4: hockey plays happen right no matter what it doesn't matter how it looks or how you draw it up hockey plays happen bad bounces crazy bounces off off of you know chippy ice and stuff so you just never know what happens um so you you basically play what's in front of you but knowing that there's a structure at hand too is definitely a good uh you know, ally to lean on and understand, you know, okay, puck goes here. It's more likely that this player is going to go here and whatnot. So, uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, it, it's, it's playing hockey. It's a game that's unpredictable. And, uh, you know, you want to just have a good understanding of where a puck could come or a definite, uh, you know, offensive scoring chance could be potential.
1: Two things you touched on that had to change, uh, at the pro level and NHL level depth and reads uh walk me through maybe the first one for starters depth did you have to just back off a little bit that seems to be a a common trend I think so um
4: you know I'm a pretty aggressive goalie I like to cut down the angle really give the shooter nothing to see uh, when when they do have the puck in a you know high danger zone but the most dangerous guy on the ice is most likely the guy without the puck and understanding that he's gonna have the ability to do a no look pass back door um you know, you want to give yourself a chance to make that save as well with having a proper amount of depth to make the first save if he does end up shooting. And so that depth and a little bit of drift and having flow with the game, that's definitely been a transition for me that I've actually really enjoyed. And it's made my flow or sorry, my game have a little more flow and a little more pace. And it's been a lot more enjoyable to
1: play. Okay. So flow, um, when you talk about it, I watched some, I mean, I watch some clips, but when you watch saves in isolation, that's not all the moment. Right. What? Walk us through obviously all goalies listening. When they hear flow, the first thing they probably think is backwards flow. When mm-hmm. I watch some clips, I see a lot of inside out. And then once you read open look, you get out quickly. Um, what do you mean by flow and how did you have to adjust it at this level? Flow is when, you know, you're matching the same speed as a as a a rush coming
4: down the ice. So you want to So make backwards sure flow. Backwards flow, correct. Okay. And You know, a lot of goalie coaches will say you want to set your feet when you have a shot or else you're going to be moving, you're going to be thinking about different things. That's 100% valid, don't get me wrong. However, you know, these players are paid too, right? So they're going to make their shots regardless. You want to give yourself the best chance to have a little bit of drift and understand that there's a backdoor play available. And so you're going to give yourself the best chance to make that first initial save. But at the same time, you need to have the chance to make the backdoor save or else you're just going to let in open net backdoor goals the whole time assuming your defense the play down, but that's just, that's how you have to play. You have to be you know, defensive,
1: understand where all the threats are at, at a given play. Obviously skating has always been a strength of your game. So adding a little more flow, it sounds like than you maybe had in college. Was it an easy step? Was it a thing you had to dial timing in? Were there things that, that goalie Bob uh, helped you with in terms of getting comfortable with playing with a little more flow?
4: Yeah, definitely. Goalie Bob's a huge ally, um, you know, for that that uh, transition, uh, even Alfie, we were talking about that in college, but you could definitely get away with it a little more, uh, being on top of your crease, whether it's like heels on top of paint or even outside the paint, right? It's like, you know, I could get away with that because of my skating ability and, and trusting my feet a little longer. But at this level, it's like you, you really can't because no matter how good you are with your back, like he he even has flow and understands that, you know, he needs to have a little bit of drift in order to make a backdoor
1: save at this, at this
4: speed. So that's that's the biggest difference.
1: Do you have to, like, is it is obviously situational? When we talk about flow, it's probably more rush. Once you get into end zone, is it still, we go back to a little more inside out and read the situation before challenging? Say that again, so it's like, whatever fl- rush. Well, you, I mean, flow, I think of flow and I think of rush chances more 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 often than not. So once we get in zone and things are set up, yeah. can you still find a way to play with a little flow? Or is it all still, that be where you get back to a little more inside out sort of, neutral depth and pick your spots to challenge
4: yeah it's definitely box control when it's in zone whether it's like a power play so you know you're not going to be outside of paint a lot during a power play especially at the nhl level um you're just looking at really cut off angles and understand that there's tip options and backdoor play options and there's also great a shots coming so that flow is going to be definitely internal crease um and you're not really going to have a lot of slow. It's just going to be a really small baby drift, maybe to have like a little cap. You're just going to have a little bit of recoil. And then it's going to be bang, bang play. And understanding that you go to your post, it's probably going to be a good chance. You're going to save the puck. But if you're going outside of your post, you're going to be swimming.
1: Oh, it's funny because I saw a lot of those clips. So two things that stood out to me when I was watching video, Jeremy. One, the ability that you always seem to target that post on those backdoor and, and, and hit it. And the second one is even in bang bang plays, your ability to make that push, even in a super wide stance or from a wide stance and come across with a wide butterfly and not give up your hands. Um, I was going to just ask you what things have remained staples of your game. Is that something you work on actively? Because when I go through highlights, boy, does it stand out where a lot of guys might have the ice covered, but maybe tilting forward you managed to keep that torso upright and those hands active it's really fun to watch thank you i appreciate that i mean definitely it's what you want to do right it doesn't always happen that
4: way but um yeah i mean it's a lot of court that's what i like to really work on during you know the off season especially during season two is just understanding that you know you try to cover as much net as possible and you know i i'm definitely susceptible like i I do, you know, if I make it a desperation save one, it probably means I'm out of position. So I try to make a lot of saves like look routine that necessarily aren't, you know, always routine. However, you know, when there is a hockey play at hand and there's a bounce or there's a really good pass, like you're gonna do whatever you can to get over there no matter how it looks. And that's just one of the things that I wanna be big when I'm going across the net, understanding that, you know, his angle isn't great probably, and I can do whatever I can no matter how it looks to get over there. Uh, and cut off that angle and sometimes i hit the post and sometimes i don't but regardless i'm going to try to save the
1: puck and cut off as much angle from the puck's point of view before it the that and the post is your like you said you don't hit it every time but that's your ideal target to get getting back on angle
4: right assuming there could be a rebound or it could be a crashing net um you know just different stuff And you want it to stay in between your posts because you're not going to save
1: pucks outside of them <laughs> <laughs> makes a ton of sense hey other side of things, mentorship. Um, we talked about goalie Bob, sideshow Bob, as he was known when he was here in Vancouver. Bob Asenza, the goalie coach uh, with the Boston Bruins, longtime goalie coach of the Boston Bruins, one of my favorites to talk to. What's he been like as an influence? You mentioned reads earlier. Um, is he more of a, like, I know there's technical elements that he works on, but is also just the experience that he brings in terms of how to manage these things? And do you guys go through reads? Like, how do you learn reads at the NHL level? Using video? Absolutely. Yeah. Video is a great ally.
4: And, you know, it's definitely a transition for me coming from college was there's a lot of video because we had a week between games uh, pro level. We don't have that luxury. So video is going to be five minutes tops probably. And it's going to be, you know, key points throughout a game that you just had um, that are just going to be scenarios that, you know, we can tweak and fix on, you know, Bob's been amazing with that. You know, it's been awesome because, uh, you know, I used to be like, really- with ALF, I was very video-oriented, understanding like, hey, this is a play that, you know, you need to shut down because of this, this, and this. Uh, with Gold Bob, it's, you know, a scenario, we talk about it, we move on. Because you can't be thinking about, you know, one play because you're not going to see the same play ever again, right? You'd see similar plays, but not the same exact play. So it's like you understand the concepts, you fix it and move on. And that's a bang-bang mentality. Like, I love that. When you keep things simple like that and you don't just keep asking questions, you don't keep thinking about it. That just come naturally, and uh, him and I have an incredible relationship. So it's been really, really awesome to work with him, and um, you know I'm definitely excited to keep that to uh, continue it for a long time.
1: Uh, speaking of relationships, you you and Linus have basically reinvented goalie love, like the 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 post game hugs. Um, what does it meant to you to have a playing partner with that type of relationship? And like, is it cool? Like, is it cool to see? People all over, like we see it now. People like kids, the hug, the post game, they're sending videos in. It's on TikTok. It's on Instagram. Like this is a thing now. What's it like <laughs> being a part of, like how much does it mean, first of all, to have a supportive playing partner? Oh, that is first and
4: foremost, most important thing. I mean, it's incredible. Um, you know, I was just golfing with him yesterday. We had an amazing day. Like it was just, it's so special to have someone like that on a team uh, in general. And for it to be a goalie partner, it's even better because we just understand what we go through, right? Like, We're there for each other we know what uh what it's like to be only in you know boston and uh it's pretty incredible to have that support from you know the one guy that you really are competing with every day but we understand that you know we're both going to be here for a long time if we understand that we're going to do whatever we can to help this team win and that's a pretty special thing but yeah we had no idea that it was going to turn into what it is now and granted we're so thankful for it um but we we really harp on you know understanding that it's not for the show whatsoever like we literally do it because we just love each other and uh you know what it's heard of today and see see how it's impacted the uh you know the communities uh obviously the youth communities and and different uh you know might developments and even junior goalies like it's so cool to see that because when i was growing up we didn't have that you know and it, I'm sure same with him and and many other goalies in my generation. So it's pretty incredible to see what it's turned into. And we're definitely going to support it and continue it for a long time.
1: I think that's what makes it the best is it's so obviously organic. There's no, you know, it's not, it's not a, it's not, there's nothing fake about it. It's so genuine. I think that's why people flock to it off the ice. You mentioned golfing. You guys are clearly tight. What about comparing notes in terms of style? Now I know Linus is like, he's like one of our ultimate like gear guys, right? Like he's dialed in on all the elements and, and he's got good style. Um, like, are you guys comparing notes on, on how you play situational things? You're obviously two unique, different goaltenders. How much do you lean on each other in that back and forth of how you're managing, say certain save situations or, or penalty kill or things like that and how you approach the game on the ice?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, we bounce off each other really well. Um, we are very different styles, right? Like he's a lot bigger. Um, you know, he uses his size for his advantage and he um, you know, I'm definitely aggressive, uh, like to challenge shooters and really make them make the first move and then have a little bit of patience with understanding like they could make, you know, another play and, and trust in my feet. So it is really cool to have that, you know, not polar opposite whatsoever, but just an opposite, uh, in different transitions and like, you know, how he plays at a poster, uh, or breakaways or, or obviously in zone play. And it's really cool to see that because it only helps me. And I hope that, you know, when he looks down to my end, you know, he sees what I can do to help improve his game. So, yeah, we definitely talk about, uh, you know, what we would do in certain situations, but it's not like we're we're sitting down and talking shop all day because the other day we just, we know why we're here. We We understand, you know, our styles and we definitely want to continue that trend because it's been working for us.
1: Are you going to get him doing any sort of? I, I, maybe I'm using the wrong phrase here, but I saw some of the highlights of the video from the, from the tour, the, the media uh, tour. Um, we've seen it in practices. We know how fleet you are on your feet. We know how well you skate. Is he going to be doing any figure skating style line drills? And jokes uh, there, aside, no, no. jokes aside, how, like that edge work, man, like the, and the ability to skate like that, as much as it becomes a fun thing, it's sure. a staple of your game.
4: Definitely. No, absolutely. It's like I've, I'm a complete believer in it. I do it every day. So I love it. And it's funny, like, I got him doing it once and he was a quick, uh, (laughs) quick to say, you know what, we're good with that. (laughs) But uh, it was pretty funny. But um, yeah, we definitely we bounce ideas off each other all the time.
1: You know, it works for me, might not work for him and vice versa. So regardless, we're, uh, we're happy where we're at. Well, we see so many different warm-ups, right? And everything is quite often for goalies concentrated in the crease, crease movement, crease movement patterns. Um, When you're doing those types of movements, that type of skating, like, is it important to sort of just like, like, maybe just share with us, actually. Let me put it that way. Just share with us why that's important, why that type of edge work is important to your game and what you get out of that. Well,
4: it's a good question. I think, you know, constantly using it super aggressive movements like T pushes, shuffles, reverse VHS. It's really important to work on that. Don't get me wrong. And I do every day. No, of course. And I think just a different way to warm up with really doing movements that you actually do implement in the game. Like the one I kind of spin around with, that's pretty much exactly what you do when you go to play a puck. You just open your hips and you get back there. And the whole concept of hopping is just getting your balance down. So I think it's just a different way to warm up. It's not as taxing on your hips and as on your, uh, you know, ankles necessarily. But I think, uh, you know, that's just something that's worked for me and, um, you know, definitely want to continue
1: it. Oh, we, we talked last time about some of the unique things you learned at Maine for, for managing your body, for working out and routines, talked about your mom doing bar ballet. Are you still doing like incorporating those elements into your training? Have you backed off some of the ballet stuff or do you still like the dorsiflexion and the ankle stuff mobility that you get from that type of work? well it's worked so far so damn right i'm keeping it up <laughs> <laughs> and you no know, like and and i was i was kind of curious because i you know like i wondered at the nhl level you know chirps and things like that you know going back and sticking with what's what's worked for you and staying true to that i, I was curious whether there'd be any pressure to back off any of that stuff maybe pressure's no, the wrong word but you know what i mean you know how it can be for sure yeah i mean I really could care less
4: what other people say, right? Whatever works for someone is, is unique and and guys, I think, actually thrive off it. I have never had someone be like, what the hell are you doing? Because, you know, they they understand what they've gone through to be here and they understand what I've gone through to be here. So I think guys have a really good mutual respect for, for what guys do, whether how you know different it is or whatnot. But, um, yeah, it, it's been really cool. A lot of support around uh, the locker room and around the league too. So it's been awesome.
1: And the bar ballet stuff, is that still like, walk me through how, like what portion of your, is it something like there's a couple little aspects that you'll work into a daily stretching routine or how does it look as part of your life now?
4: Yeah, it's, it's definitely stuff that I think a lot of players are actually doing. They just don't understand they're doing it. So right. it's just a part of a, you know, uh, just different flexions that, you know, players are doing every day in a dynamic warm up necessarily, but not necessarily like, um, You know super focused on like oh this could be a a bar technique or whatnot it's trainers around the league they're so talented they're so smart they they know how to incorporate um you know using the same muscles if it's in the same way or different ways so
1: right so for you it helped with ankle flexion that and dorsiflexion and something like that is something that we see a lot of people work on right in different ways under different names so yeah totally makes sense uh last two real quick um We talked about the organic uh, goalie love. Uh, I got to say, we just joined October Saves at Ingle Magazine and proud to support them. We're a little late getting on board. I've seen some of your messages to the group, always taking the time. Uh, Important to stay involved in community efforts like that and and groups like October Saves? Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't be happier being a part of that. They reached out uh,
4: again this year and I was super excited about that. You know, what an incredible organization. You know, and just to think that I be a part of it uh you know kind of an advocate and, and really supporting. uh that's really special to me so i couldn't be happier and um you know it's a it's an incredible cause obviously whenever you can make saves for a good reason besides you know making yourself yourself feel good about a couple of glove saves that's uh that just shows what this game is allowing us to do these days and that's well the to be a part of something bigger than uh than just a game
1: and my last one, we we talked about influences. We talked about role models. You came in behind one of the legends of the game at in your first year in Tuka Rask. Um, were there any lessons learned from him? And what, I guess we'll start there. That's the first one. I got a part two on this one. Because like, if you look behind me on the wall, we Maybe. got Carey Price, Henrik Lundqvist, and Roberto Luongo. I think you wear one in part because of being a fan of Roberto Luongo. Sure. There are a ton of like some of the all-time greats in the past just two or three years that have retired Good. and that we've lost. How do you, do you look at that? Like we've kind of lost role models. Do you, do you look at that? Like, Hey, I want to be the next role model, maybe not actively, but do you see yourself as part of this next young generation that's filling these massive skates that have left the game?
4: Well, a hundred percent. That's, that's you know circle of life right circle of hockey life you know it's important that there's a next man up mentality have that it's a goal of mine you know it's something that i really take true and you know understand that if i do whatever i can to help my team win now that that will that will happen but it's not like you know a me 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 thing whatsoever but you know having the opportunity to play against the greats and then now um you know have a a personal friendship with too like it's incredible you know it's something like a dream come true. But in a way, I would never tell him that because we're we're boys, you know, but (laughs) he knows it. But uh, it's pretty cool to have that just friendship and understand that these guys are all human. And, uh, you know, they've been through the same stuff that that we all have uh, at this level. And, you know, just to be able to learn from them and understand how they cope with with the ups and downs of a season and seasons, plurally, with, with these guys' careers you know, it couldn't be a better ally to have. So I definitely pick his brain, you know, a ton to this day still. And, uh, you know, it's been really incredible to have him around Boston and, and continue that great friendship that we
1: created. It, it it really is amazing when you look at the past, like we're talking about, I mean, maybe it's just me personally, because these are the guys I grew up with. And and I guess for you a little bit too, we talked about the number one and everything Um, to sort of look back and like man like there's no carry like i think of all the guys that you know tuca like that were role models for entire generations of goalies and it feels like you guys are the next next men up in that in that that rotation like they're this, the changing of the guard over the last three years i was just thinking about it the other day like it, it really is dramatic no it, it definitely is it is pretty cool to think that i'm you know
4: one of those guys that are in that conversation now and and, you know, you don't really think about that, to be honest, when when you're playing. But, um, you know, talking to E, cool to think about that, but then, you know, I forget about it
1: because you really... Yeah, you can't think about it that way.
4: 100%, yeah. It's just I'm playing hockey, the game I love most. I understand that if I do whatever I can to to help my team win and, and work my butt off every day, everything's going to fall into place. So that's all I focus on and, and really don't uh, don't
1: look at, you know, the picture that has been being painted well we enjoy watching you in the moment leave it to us to worry about the big picture and and annoy you with questions about it every once in a while jeremy yeah it's been a couple of years but it feels like it was just yesterday as you said and uh, i I know our audience will feel the same way make sure they go back and listen to the original and then catch up with this one uh really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the ingo radio podcast today no it's been great thanks so much kevin
0: wonder how long you could talk to him before you go okay i think we're actually done not because you're done due to the clock but done because of content
1: well i mean are you asking how long i could talk to him or how long he yeah. could put up with me because <laughs> those might definite. be those might be two different questions i don't know how much longer he could put up with me but uh always a good sport and always so gracious with his time and um lots of great takeaways there for, for goalies of every age and I would recommend. That, you know, everyone that enjoyed that, if you haven't already, if you're new to the Ingle Radio podcast, search it out in the archives. Um, the interview we did with Jeremy and Alfie Michaud together, uh, coming off his final year, where he was the Mike Richter winner as the top goalie in college hockey, just as he signs the contract uh, to go to the Boston Bruins. We get into the ball shooting machines. Um, right. We get into, and he touched about in this interview as well, Flexion and the use of bar ballet. A course he took at Maine, um and he added ballet and and some of the routines of as part of ballet to his routines you see the skating he does when he goes on the ice you know like the the almost like figure skating in full goalie gear we talked about that a little bit like there's this is not just him going out and having fun yeah there's an element of that but there, there's very real sort of benefits that he's found from that type of skating and that type of work off the ice and we get into a lot of the the, sort of the background of that. There's an article at IngolMag.com about the bar ballet, as well as a routine uh, that people can do, um, you know, to sort of get introduced to it. And Jeremy talking about how good it was for him. That's all at IngolMag.com and in that past interview with Jeremy, we'll have to we'll make sure we tease that on social once this episode comes out.
0: And he's also part of the rebound of the number one club, wearing that uh, that digit uh, that had kind of gone away for a little bit, but. It, it's back in, in Numbers Hutch, which has to warm your heart.
2: It sure does. Always one of mine go, growing up. And uh, one of my favorite goaltenders. Oh, man, I'm not this old, but Jacques Plant. Yes Jacques Plant, you know, I got the, the great book for Christmas when I was five or six years old on goaltending by Jacques Plant. So, number one is always uh, warm my heart. And to see some more guys using that in the National Hockey League, I think is fantastic.
0: Swayman so is one of those guys where I think if uh, if he had a couple of hours in the Lower Mainland, he would stop by the hockey shop source for sports Surrey.
1: Hundred percent, I bet he would. And what he would find these days, even though I'm sure he's quite comfortable in his true gear, is the all new Optic Three line. Um, you know, normally this is the time of year we're teasing you with like uh, you know specialty items, uh, chest protectors, maybe things that you had you didn't think you needed. We're always talking about sort of sale items, and there are still sale items on right now at thehockeyshop.com. We are all back to hockey now, but the back to hockey sale continues. But they've also got some new stuff because Brian's, as they have done in the past, but not for the past little while due to the pandemic, usually launches gear around the start of the season. And they're back to doing that with the Optic 3 line. So we checked in with Cam and got the lowdown on what's new, what's improved in the new Brian's Optic 3 pads glove. And blocker. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop, source for sports. I'm here with Cam, Matt, Wibb and Goalie Utopia. A little quick hitter just for the podcast. We'll catch you up with a video reminder that each of these gear segments can be seen uh, online on our YouTube channels, on Instagram TV. Uh, for now, though, we're gonna do a real quick and tidy and tight. Cam, it's that time of year where normally we're talking about sales stuff. But when it comes to Brian's, we're back to new releases. been a couple of years, been a little time here since Brian's rolled out some new product. Optic 3 is in store and available now. Tell us what's new, what's changed, what's exciting about the new Optic 3 line from Brian's. Uh, Optic 3,
5: yeah. Come, uh, come check it out. Obviously, it just, uh, just landed yet. So we're working on getting it on the, the website and whatnot, but uh, available for custom order now. Um, some changes that have been brought over from, uh, the optic, th- uh, or not optic three, but, uh, the genetic, uh, five actually. So they've, uh, introduced their Brycor technology into, uh, the optic lineup. So you're going to find it in that upper portion of the thigh rise. Um, and then we're also going to find it in the blocker board as well. Um, and also in that, uh, in the glove, just a little piece, uh, I believe in the cup. it is.
1: Okay, so Brycor. For those who haven't heard of it or are not sure what it's about, just give us a quick rundown um, what it is, and and more importantly, frankly, what it does. So
5: Brycor is uh, a carbon foam that's sandwiched between two places of like HD foam. Um, Basically, you're getting uh, you know increased stiffness profile. So one of the things that Brian's wanted to address was kind of those like kind of trapdoor style goals and like you know that thigh rise uh, losing its stiffness. uh, a little bit too much so this is giving uh that same style of kind of like rebound pop and also aiding the durability long term of the pack
1: okay the one thing we always loved about brian's you can kind of shape uh the curvature and it would hold it their phones would hold it really well but as you mentioned if you ordered too flexible in the thigh you you could get that trap door where a puck would hit it and it would actually swing open as it softened up uh can you still sort of set them up to hold a certain shape this just allows them to hold it a little better
5: yeah. So, I mean, Brian still has their three cores for the uh, optic pad themselves. They have their Max, their Fly, and their Flex. Uh, Max is the technical stock core of the pad. Um, so, in theory, it's stiffest iteration. Uh, Fly and Flex, Fly being their uh, softest, or sorry, uh, Flex being their softest, and Fly kind of being in the middle. Um so, I mean, again, they, they have the opportunity to be able to dial it in and, and, you know, set yourself up for exactly kind of the way you like it. And to answer your question, yes, it, it will kind of hold that shape. But that now max core with addition of this spry core as well um, is quite a bit stiffer. So it'll be a lot harder to kind of get that bend in there.
1: Okay. Overall sort of fit and feel and who it's for on the Optic 3 leg pads. I'm assuming this continues the trend where Genetic is your softer, more flexible pad from the knee up. We're looking at Optic being still having some flex in the boot, but stiffer maybe through the shin and especially above the knee. Does that sound right about, about a right description in terms of differentiation between the two lines? Correct. Uh, in terms of the other, one of the other features we saw on, on Optic pads is that, that skinnier, that thinner outer roll. I see that continues. What's been your feedback on that? And what, what do you see as a positive in terms of why that works beyond just cutting weight?
5: Uh, it, it actually aids a lot in the overall visual look of the pad. It gives the illusion of a wider pad because you don't see that outer roll kind of puffed out. But mainly speaking, like because it is beveled, it, it's helping to stop those pucks from like skipping over and kind of rolling. It's allowing it to, to kind of deflect back in front of the goalie themselves um, and, and give it a chance to get that good cover and uh, keep it from, again, bouncing kind of over and into
1: the net. One of the other things that we saw in this, we saw with the genetic where they they sort of, added a lift on the bottom of the boot. I see that this has what they're calling an internal boot lift. I'm assuming that's a little bit of extra padding uh, sort of in that boot, sort of where it sits above the skate. Is that similar here? And does that alter the fit in any way, the way we saw, you know, we, I've talked to some goalies that are longtime Brian's goalies. They went in to buy Genetic 5 and they actually had to go down a size because they felt that pad was sitting up higher on the legs. Are we looking at a similar thing here with the internal boot lift?
5: So far, from from what we've seen, no. However, again, we're still in the early stages of getting that pad in. So I'd like to do some more kind of ratifying um, and double checking the size. But so far, as I'm told, we're still one to one at this current stage. But uh, a little bit more research required on my side to make sure that uh, that's still correct.
1: So you can always get fit, come in and check it out in person at the Hockey Shop, Source for Sports, to ask any questions or check them out online at thehockeyshop.com. A couple more features on the pad. Optional upper calf strap. I guess that's what we call the old professor strap. I love that they've made it optional. For those that love it, you can keep it add it. For those that don't, you can do without. Uh, we see their smart strap calf strap system. Uh, I love their toe tie with sort of the adjustable lead, the leather tab at the front that allows you to adjust the gap. Uh, Optus slide, uh, one of the better sliding surfaces available. Uh, of course, that is just basically... Um, their old Primo material, brilliant to put it on the inside of the pad because it slides so well. And the Pro 2 knee pad system, where it comes with still comes with knee pads cam and they can be either worn just as separate knee pads or you can actually attach them with a Velcro strap to the back of the pads.
5: Correct, correct. Yeah, you do have that uh, option of uh, obviously, again, like you said, wearing them independently or having them uh, uh, attached to the pad themselves.
1: Walk me through the catch club 40 degree brake. Uh, it looks like it's got it was sort of the darling edge. Uh, around the outer edge, that sort of straight line on the bottom of the glove that helps you get a better seal over the pads when you're going into a blocking butterfly. Uh, what other changes have we got besides the addition of the uh, new Brycore material in a section? What are the changes in, and how does this new glove feel compared to the last Optic 2?
5: Uh, I, very, very similar. Like you, you know, Again, if you're fam- familiar with that Optic 2 glove, you are still going to get that same kind of at-home feel uh, with the 3 itself. Same style of brake angle, which is their 40 degree uh, degree closure. Stock game ready on the wall. Obviously, you do have that ability to custom order if you do want the pro palm or you know full on practice. Um, in terms of for overall, again playability wise, it's not too far a departure of what you know we already have seen previously from them. Um, bit of a redesign, and especially when it comes to uh, the BOA system, BOA's out. Um, they have their new U uh, uh, dial system in, um, or U turn. Sorry, I think that's the one. Um, it's. Uh, it basically it's providing the exact same fit and feel that you already had before. It's just a bit of a different system. That's
1: all. So basically, looks like almost almost like like obviously it's not the same brand, not the same model, but it looks like it's trying to do the same thing in terms of giving you a dial system that allows you to tighten the glove. And anybody that experienced the old BOA system, um, you know, among the best and one of the better innovations we've seen over the years in terms of really a- being able to lock your hand into the back of that glove. That's
5: correct. Yes. Uh, stock single T in the glove as well. Very wide open op- opening. Um, it, you just look at the glove and it just looks bigger than it, uh, you know, what is regulation, but it, it is up to spec 100%. It just again, overall feel wise and things like that. If you like the Optic 2, you're going to you know, like the Optic 3 for sure.
1: Blocker, we've seen the, some improvements, I think, the, in terms of feeling a little less bulky over the past couple of generations. Uh, O'Brien's a little more streamlined, but still good protection. Uh, what are the changes on the Optic 3 blocker? It looks like that reinforced sidewall, sidewall nice, solid, sort of connected piece uh, from the face of the blocker down the sidewall now.
5: Yeah, that, uh, between that and also that, again, that integration of that bright core material as well, like that's what's really given us that like a good pop to the blocker and its overall rigidity itself. Overall feel-wise, yeah, in, in my opinion, I find it a little bit less chunky, if that makes sense, uh, versus, say, the Genetic 5 blocker. Um, so like you said, a little bit more streamlined. The hand position on the blocker is set up a little bit higher. So meaning there's lower space on the lower half of the blocker. Just in terms of overall feel, I, again, I do like the balance point of it. And uh, so far from you know what we've heard and kind of what we've seen, right, really good rebound pop to it as well.
1: All right. You already touched on the graphics. They sort of got a transformer feel to me, but maybe I'm I'm an old man and that's, that's just the kids don't even know what the transformers are. But I kind of a sort of modern tech feel to them. I do. I like I think they sort of they just look big. The pads especially look tall and wide. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that's a function of the graphic. And of course, because we're talking about Brian's, um, we're talking about the ability to do custom with uh, custom stitch patterns. We've seen Magnus Helberg over the past two years roll out some six sets with the Detroit Red Wings, the Seattle Kraken at the start of this year. And after getting claimed on waivers, just rolled out a beauty uh, with the Ottawa Senators. So Cam, if they got any questions about custom orders, whether it's with stock graphics or going all in with a full custom set. How do they get a hold of you um, and get those orders placed through you?
5: Uh, they can give me a call at 604-589-8299 or 1-800-567-7790. That or check us out at the hockeyshop.com. Uh, links are on there too as well if you wanted to email in, um, get a chance to, you know, discuss custom graphic, discuss custom specs. Uh, Brian's does have that ability to, you know, still do that what we call kind of true custom to a bit of a degree. So um, yeah, if you want something, run it by me. We'll see if we can do it. We can get you set up.
1: Awesome. The new Brian's Optic 3 now in store at the Hockey Shop, source for sports and online soon at thehockeyshop.com. If you got any questions, make sure you give Cam a call and keep an eye out for the, the review of the new chest protector. So, so as much as there's excitement uh, about the new Brian's pads and gloves, Cam, I understand the chest protectors is beauty. I can't wait to go over that with you in the coming weeks.
5: For sure. Don't want to let the cat out of the bag too too, too much but it's cool.
1: (laughs) Cat is out of the bag. (laughs) Thanks, Cam. (laughs) Thanks, Cam.
0: Cam, fresh off his visit to Vegas, talking about the Optic 3 line. Uh, I love it. Anything Brian's, when it comes fresh out of the box, I am all over it because of the ability just to do out-of-this-world type of graphics and innovation, Woody.
1: Well, speaking of out-of-this-world, we maybe missed this one up the top, but boys, how about Magnus Helberg's set? Ghosts, mm-hmm. w- w- last year in Detroit, comes back from the K, signs in Detroit late, wicked winged wheel set. Signs in Seattle in the off-season, the Kraken set might be the nicest one I've ever seen. Gets claimed off waivers by Ottawa, and here I am on our social media channels lamenting the loss of this beautiful custom set And they may have actually outdone themselves with this senator said he's got on the way. So um, this may be one of the few times when uh, a waiver claim has a positive spin because now we like with apologies to Magnus who you know probably was quite happy to be headed to Palm Springs and might now be headed to uh, Belleville? Belleville um although he would get claimed back off waivers i'm pretty sure um but hey if nothing else you get uh, a set for the ages in in the, in ottawa and if people don't know what i'm talking about make sure you check the Brian's social media check our social media it is wicked good
0: just a note he, he's in ottawa because of can talbot and the rib injury you've experienced something like that people have uh A certain level have all uh bruised their body, but that that's a bit extreme, is it not?
1: Uh, five to seven weeks. I know Roberto used to, you know, even before they uh, sort of streamlined chest protectors and made them smaller and uh, frankly, a little less protective in some cases in the NHL. I remember Luongo taking one that got sort of underneath the ribs by the armpit and fracturing a rib and missing some time here in Vancouver. So it happens um, for everybody that says shrink rack them, make it tighter, make it smaller. You haven't gone far enough like the, we're we're at that threshold um, you know, Marty Buran, what career pretty much ended with a broken collarbone. So uh, you still need to have enough protection. I don't have the circumstances under which Cam was hurt. Sounds like it was a shot, but I don't know if it just caught him in a soft spot. That happens. You know, I lost an appendix. You, you get opened up and you get hit in a spot that isn't, uh, isn't fully padded. It still hurts, folks. It still hurts to be a goaltender. So best of luck to Cam to get back quick. In the meantime, I'm telling you, Anton Forsberg, people don't, I don't think people realize how good he was last season. Uh, If he can pick up where he left off last year, he was like top 10 in adjusted save percentage in the National Hockey League. He was really good for them and looks like he's finally sort of established himself as that, if nothing else, at least a 1A slash 1B option. So as much as people from a name brand standpoint are going to lament the loss of Talbot, and the Senators will too, um, the reality is Forsberg was every bit as ready to be a 1A um, as opposed to default 1B. He'll be just fine in the short term.
0: Uh, You know that uh, goaltenders of a certain era are talking about uh, stop the whining because any type of bruised rib is nothing compared to what they had to deal with. And that takes us into one of the uh, incredible people in our sport, in our position, who has passed away. Uh, Dave Dryden was always, from the start of his career, uh, involved in goaltending equipment, goaltending uh, technology moving forward. Uh, from the mask or right on down uh hutch
2: yeah not gonna lie guys i was pretty emotional this week when i saw that uh dave dryden had passed away um to most people probably the older brother of hall of famer ken dryden but uh, i think to those who know the position well they recognize the uh lengthy professional career he had he had uh credited as uh, the man behind the, the modern mask that we all wear today, at least coming up with the idea. Involved in the game as an innovator for many years. He followed that up with a career as a elementary school principal. He worked closely with the family charity that was raising money for um, beds and mosquito netting to uh, keep malaria away from kids in, uh, in third world countries around the world. And uh, just a great person, but what I remember sort of burned in my mind is that uh, that first game where he played against his brother Ken, and I've got the book on my shelf still here that his father wrote, playing the shots at both ends about their their life growing up, and uh, and that was a, a pretty special moment when they when they got to face each other and then shake hands uh, at center ice. I don't know that everybody realizes sort of how that story was engineered, guys. What was really cool about it was that uh punch Himlock, who was with um buffalo at the time a, a real promoter of the game wanted to see it happen he named dave dryden as his, as his starter but then montreal didn't reciprocate they didn't uh name ken as the starter because they didn't want the media circus so immediately buffalo pulls dryden from the net and puts in um the other goaltender joe daly i think it was and uh and then later on as a result of an injury to Rogie vachon with montreal um shot below the belt let's not worry about the chest protectors this one was a little bit lower uh ken had to go in and then immediately dave was was put into the game by by Imlock. so uh just the, the first time ever brothers had ever met dave was uh ken's um older brother by six years and uh you know at the time as much as i looked up to ken as sort of my hero uh, i also decided immediately when i got to know dave a little bit not personally just as a player uh, I stopped being David, and everybody had to call me Dave because I thought that was just way cooler. and uh, And then we had a pretty cool moment last year that made me remember that. Um as you guys remember, um, my son Maddie, at age fifteen, got to play against our Billet brother, or his billet brother Cooper, in the BCHL, and Cooper was at the time six years older than Maddie, just like the age difference between Ken and Dave and. Also something that probably hasn't happened before, although not nearly as significant as that game between the Dryden brothers that uh, impacted so many people and, uh, and as did the great career of Dave. So uh, condolences to uh, Dave's family and uh, to everybody he touched around the world and we're going to miss him.
1: Speaking of chest protectors, uh, it, not officially, but most people you talk to also credit him, not just for the two-piece mask uh, that we all wear today, the fi- combination of fiberglass and a, and a cage, Mm -hmm. but having the chest protector be one piece with the arms attached to the body because it used to be two separate pieces and most people trace that back, uh, even though there's no sort of official record, but most people will trace that back to Dave Dryden as well. And he was involved Mm -hmm. on the equipment side and with the National Hockey League as well for a while uh, after his playing career. So like, as you said, uh, and well said, Hutch, condolences to the entire Dryden family and all the people that he touched, uh, not just in the game, um, but in other
0: ways uh, throughout his life. I did not know that about the arm pads and the chest protector because it did used to be two different things. I think you'd put on your arm pads first and then the chest protector would slide down over, over top of it. Uh, awesome stuff there. Dave Stubbs on NHL.com has an unbelievable piece on the, uh, the life of. Dave Dryden, including the fact that he was one of the first, if not the first emergency goaltender uh, that came in in Maple Leaf Gardens, was there as a fan and there was an injury and they paged him uh, and got him down and he he finished off the game. So made his appearance as a 20 year old amateur who was there as a fan at Maple Leaf Gardens. But it's all part of the the story. I I can never do it justice. Dave Stubbs, uh, the amazing hockey historian out of Montreal. Has, uh, has this piece there that uh, whether you know Dave or you follow Ken or you're just a hockey fan, it will entertain you uh, until the very end and and also inform you, teach you uh, about the past. Uh, awesome stuff. Uh, well done. And uh, that mask uh, that he pioneered, that, that he'll be known, uh, I don't know whether we'll end up calling it that, the the Dave Dryden, the Dryden mask or, or what, but it uh, uh, be a cool little thing. And have I ever called you David? You
1: just call me Hutch. Just Hutch? All right. Yeah. I call him some other names, too. (laughs) I I, I like David better now.
0: Do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so did you actually correct people Did Dave?
2: Well, I was very young at the time, so it was just probably just telling my friends or my parents, I prefer Dave or something. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't that big a deal. That's guys. awesome. I love but it. it. Was, it was, yeah. And I still have, I actually still in my bedside table have a photocopy of a Dave Dryden autograph. That was as close as I got. Yes.
0: Oh, that's so cool. What, what an yeah. amazing connection. Uh, we yeah. know uh, Woody has this uh, almost spiritual bond with Ken Dryden and uh, the the tattoo and the portrait uh, from his daughter, and yeah, I'm not one Dave up Brand. in that one. No, you're not going to. He's got that. a
2: tattoo, and I've got a photocopy yeah. of an autograph.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, but like, let's be honest here. It's like I'm still about as close. Like my my only conversation, I've never had a conversation with Ken. It's just my daughter has, so uh, I'm a massive fan through that. But it's not. It's just like you and the autograph. It's the same degree of separation.
2: <laughs> I have had a conversation with Ken because the first time I volunteered to coach goaltenders. I walked into the dressing room and I heard somebody shout out, hey, Dryden, pass the tape. And it was actually his son was on the team that I was volunteering to coach. And I was terrified that I was going to have to be coaching his son. Thank God his kid was a defenseman at the time.
0: Wow. Love it. That's outstanding. Uh, Love it. Uh, Ken is awesome. Uh, Dave, uh, such a pioneer. Uh, Overshadowed because of his brother's career, but so many uh, just beautiful wonder con- wonderful contributions uh, to our sport uh, thanks to uh, uh everybody that uh, put this episode together so much uh stuff that uh, that we had three different interviews cam over at the hockey shop uh, obviously Jeremy Swayman uh, as well uh, Laura Hopewell uh we covered all the different bases of our position and we can't wait to be with you next week as we're underway in the National Hockey League season it gets it gets normal from here, Woody. Well, and hey, let's tease it right
1: now. Spencer Knight, feature guest next week. Caught up with him this morning from the Florida Panthers. So we're on a roll with our NHL guests as the season gets rolling. Uh, and we'll bring you Spencer Knight, a fantastic 35-minute sit-down with him. Uh, another of the great sort of next generation of goalies that's taking over as we lose the Prices and the Lundquist and the Luangos. Um, They got next, and we got next next week with Spencer Knight in a
0: great conversation. Time to say good night. I can't wait to bring you nighttime on Ingoal Radio, the podcast.